Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Corporate Purpose Podcast. In the last episode, we talked about writing a good purpose statement. So today I want to discuss sharing it with your team. And I've invited Heidi Baumgart on the show to talk about the process she went through to launch the new mission, vision, and values at Arborware. Heidi offers some great advice for organizations that are preparing to launch a new mission, vision, and values or purpose statement. Heidi talks about some of the challenges that were presented by COVID in trying to launch in the middle of work from home or with most of their employees working remotely. And I think this continues to be very relevant to organizations that have either transitioned back into the office or companies that are in a hybrid state right now who are trying to launch these initiatives with employees partially at home and partially in the office. But Generally, I love how open, transparent, and insightful Heidi is in our conversation. She's honest about the key learnings and takeaways that came from the process and even shares a couple thoughts on what she might have done differently. So I hope you stick around and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Corporate Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Bailey. Over the last few years, I've discovered a new wave of CEOs who are passionate about serving their customers and changing the world. They're proving you can build a strong business while also having a positive impact on those around you. This is a podcast about the changing state of business and why more leaders are choosing to use their business for good. Join me for thoughtful conversations about purposeful leadership and uncovering the steps you can take to grow your business on purpose. Hello, Heidi, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Karen. One of the things I love about you is that you have your hands in so many different things. You are currently the marketing director at Arborware, but you're also teaching classes at Kent State. And then in your extra time, you're a wine tasting influencer and a recovering entrepreneur. So many different things we could talk about today. But why don't you start out by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at Arborware? Uh, sure. I'm head of marketing at Arborware. I actually started my career by way of ad agencies. So I got to work with a lot of clients. Then I owned my own business. I was an entrepreneur. And then I, I missed marketing. So I came back and I was client side. And so this is the third company in a row that I've come in as the company is wildly growing. And I've built the marketing department. Arborware is a green industry apparel and workwear, PPE and wearable supplier. We both design and develop and manufacture our own apparel. So we're pretty well known in that green industry. Now, I understand that shortly after joining Arborware, you started working on their mission, vision and values. Can you tell us a little bit about the process you took to do this? Sure. So when I came into the company, actually, while I was interviewing, I was saying to them, I really get a vibe with the company. I get a vibe talking to everybody, but it's not written down. What are the company's vision, mission, values? The answer kept being, we know what they are. There are certain things we all know about the brands. Just nobody took the time to go through it and formalize it. We were talking about it really before I worked there, like I said, in the interview process. So I came into it with a lot of ideas. And so the way the process first started was we had someone come in and do a roundtable with our senior leadership, people who had been there a while, people who were managers, and everybody kind of shared what they thought the mission and vision were. 
you know, it was a lot of using different adjectives, picking different verbs, different things that that all kind of spoke to us. And we would really agree on a handful and we would kind of vacillate between some other ones. So each of those managers, I want to say there was maybe 10 or 12 people in the room. Everybody had also had to write sort of their own, you know, if you wrote the mission statement, what would it be? And then we compared and contrasted. And so after that whole exercise, we didn't really land anywhere, but I knew that I needed to then kind of pick up the torch and take it. So I started working on it a little bit. And then the owner of Arborware, Bill Weber, and I then just spent a bunch of sessions working through it until we got to where it was. So tell me a little bit more about the process of working with the senior leadership. Sounds like everyone came in the room and you were sharing a little bit about how you perceived the mission and vision and writing down some key words that you used to describe the company. But was there someone in the room who was a champion for this process? So in that case, the exercise that I was telling you about, yeah, there was a facilitator who was going through it. And I was a newer person at the time when we went through that. So I was doing a lot of listening, but I was also trying to actually help her pull out some of the things that I had heard those managers say in other settings. After that, like two hour session, everybody was kind of too busy to think about it again. And then fast forward to six months later, we all got sent home with COVID, but our company was really lucky in the grand scheme of COVID. We did okay last year and and we started hiring. So it started becoming, if we're not all together, the vision, mission, value stuff goes away really quickly. And all that stuff we all felt and knew when the managers were together, or even in the same building, the minute we were all out, it was like, okay, this needs to be written down more than ever. And so that's where we're like, okay, let's finish that process. Wow. So you were really developing this mission, vision, value story while you guys were in work from home mode. Yes. Bill and I would have Zooms and he would be like, definitely this, not these things. Or what about this? And and I'd come back maybe the next day or a week later and be like, get it tighter, get it tighter, get it tighter. And then once we got pretty close, then we took it to the all the department heads and we we're like, okay, here's what we're thinking. Tear this apart. Or if this isn't how you see things, then let's talk about it and figure out what words are right. If I recall, there were some questions like, why did we do it this way and not this way? And then once we answered what our thinking was, there weren't any changes. They bought in and then we rolled it out in June. Interesting. I want to go back to what you said for a moment about the process being to get as narrow and specific as you can. I think it's always funny how we have to get as clear and as focused and dig as deep as we can when we're developing that purpose or mission, vision, value statement. But then when the rollout comes, it's the exact opposite. It's about taking that message as far and as wide as you can go, trying to make sure that you're hitting every touch point. So tell us a little bit about your rollout strategy. Yeah, sure. So I think of it almost like a PR campaign. I want to make sure that everybody's really excited about it. Like, hey, there's something coming before something comes out. So everybody's like, ooh, what's going to happen? The other thing that was going on is everybody was at home. And by June, we were just like, oh, when is this going to end? We've been home for three months. And there was a lot of just gratitude from everybody that we still had our jobs, that we were making it through this. So that was really in our head. And then the other thing really was honing our vision in general. We really needed to kind of same page the existing employees because we knew that we needed to start doing some hiring, especially in Q3 and Q4. So we were rolling this out in June and there were all these things going on. So we were trying to be really efficient with how we were rolling things out. And what I mean by that is one, we made it this actual mailed package. It was like a thank you gift. 
And then it was actually the launch of the core values and the vision and mission statement. So we had this company-wide Zoom. Every Monday we get together and this particular Monday that we launched, you know, everybody knew to bring the box and everybody opened at the same time and we expressed the gratitude and we said, hey, you know, we've been this great company and now we got it down on paper. Here's the vision. Here's how we're going to articulate our mission. And a lot of the mission language is really for sales and marketing, but we made sure we encompassed every department. And then here are these core values. And the core values seem so obvious to everybody when they read them, but I think it's a really good truth north for everybody. And then after the launch, it helped all the managers with hiring and recruiting. So as we were talking to people, we could say, this is who we are. And so those core values are in every job description. It's on every job posting. We discuss them in interviews. And then we built an entire recognition program around it. So with each core value, you can high five any colleague. You could high five the owner. You can high five someone on your own team. You could high five a different department member, whatever it is. And it's just people who are living the core values. And then every Monday morning meeting, all the high fives are read every single one. And then people are literally giving high fives if they're in person or high-fiving the Zoom screen. It's been a great way just to recognize, hey, you're really helping the company or you're really living our core values. So a couple of things I love that you're saying. First, I think approaching this process with gratitude is really important. Anytime we're trying to make shifts in the business, I think coming to the process with authenticity and with gratitude is always a great way to get people to connect with change and even to start to foster adoption. Secondly, I also love that you made this a multi-channel approach. You have something people are receiving physically. You have this integrated into the morning meeting. You have a way that people can engage with each other. I think it's always important that you have to reach people through different touch points. And third, you made a great point about keeping this top of mind. I think that's the challenge. There's always a lot of excitement and momentum when you first kick off a new program. But six months, nine months, a year, two years later, it can be really hard to keep the momentum going and to keep that mission or purpose top of mind. Yeah, for sure. We've definitely had like little dips of not have getting high fives from people. And and you can kind of tell over the holidays when it's crazy busy season, we're getting orders, we're processing orders, we're shipping orders. That's probably the time we needed the most high fives, but it's also when everybody's kind of busy. So we've actually implemented some triggers so that we don't get complacent, particularly with the recognition program. So we use Basecamp. People can chat in there or there's just company announcements and documents and whatnot. So we've set up some automations where once a month, it'll be like, have you given anybody a high five? And it'll you know, have the form in there, which is a great reminder. And then there's different touch points. Like I can say with marketing, when we were doing certain campaigns with sales, we reiterated, we're doing this because this is how it matches with mission so that we're all consistent. Very recently, I started an internship program. So I was onboarding seven people virtually. And because I knew so many of my colleagues were hiring or had just hired, we really started focusing on our onboarding program. So I built a pretty robust onboarding deck that you can use as a whole, or you can use chunks of it. We use it in our recruiting, but onboarding and then continuous training or retraining or even empathy training, it all rolls back up into the vision and the mission. So just having that true north and 
making sure we're all referencing it has been really important to keep the momentum going. I love this, Heidi. And I feel like I've heard this from a few different people recently. The importance of building your purpose into the hiring process. It helps identify candidates who share your values and really are more likely to align with the company and even stay with the company. But then they also attract people who share your values. So I think that's such a great point. Now, is there anything you would have done differently or some key learnings that happened along the way? You know, one thing I have thought about or worried about is user acceptance. We have a lot of different types of employees and colleagues, and there's a whole group of people in different departments who've been with the company like eight, nine, 10, 19 years, a really long time. And so some of the people who've been there a long time are great at change. And some people who've been there a long time maybe take a little bit longer or need different touch points. We did so many things with the launch that people couldn't take them all in. And there were things that we meant to bring back and we just got busy and got on to other things. So I wish that I had scheduled those phases a little differently because I think that people would have taken it all in a little better than giving everybody so much stuff all at once. So maybe it was launching core values, but not mission vision or separating it somehow. I'm not sure how I would have approached it, but we did a lot all at once and not everybody can intake all of it all at once. I can definitely see that. So backing up for just a moment, what was your process like to identify all of those different touch points? And then how were you able to manage the process of updating all these different tools? It's a good question. I think it was kind of like whenever some sort of milestone came up, then we would be like, okay, now's the time we got to change this to fit the vision, mission, values. Great example there is after we did the launch, we were talking about starting quarterly reviews instead of annual reviews. We made sure that all managers were asking at least a certain set of questions all the same, and it all matched to core values. So regardless of what department you worked in, you got reviewed based on core values. And then there would be reviews based on like your job. So we started measuring people on it and it was part of their review. So that was kind of a neat way to get people to realize they needed to live it, not just hear it. All of a sudden we were doing a ton of hiring. That's when we added the vision, mission, value page on the website. We launched it in June, but we didn't add, it took us a little while to add it to the site. And it's like, okay, well now we're hiring. This needs to be there so we can link to it from LinkedIn or Indeed or wherever the jobs are posting. So a lot of times it was when we could get to it, we added it. I love that because I feel like we were trained that these changes need to be these light switch moments where you go from one thing and all of a sudden the next day, the light switch is turned on and every touch point has changed. I thought you brought up a great point that we can't always take all of these changes in at once. So I like this idea of phasing them in or using milestones to continue the process and to be open to updating or making changes as you go. It seems like it would be easier for employees or even customers and different stakeholder groups to adopt. For sure. And, you know, in the middle of all of this, we were changing our ERP software system, which is, you know, something companies do maybe every 10 years. That was a massive undertaking. And then we went right into Q4 with the craziest e-commerce season anybody has ever seen. And, and that was true for Arborware as well. You know, people weren't shopping in brick and mortar stores, they were buying online. So we got crushed with a couple other projects. So it, even if we were doing some of the mission, vision, value things at that time, it would have been in one ear and out the other. It would have been a waste of effort. And so then once we got through those things, now we're, we're bringing it back again. 
When I think of the way purpose moves through a company, adoption is really the key indicator that things are working, that people are starting to take hold of the message and starting to use it. Have you noticed that employees are taking ownership of the message or that they're coming up with new ideas that align to the vision? Yeah, we're definitely in the middle of that. I did some analysis by department for this high five employee recognition program. There are certain departments who just own it and the managers own it. And so then they're a great example for their team because the manager does a lot of high fives, then their teammates are doing a lot of high fives. It's like this gratitude culture, which is kind of cool. And then there's other departments who are really busy. So they didn't do any at all. So we're coaching them like, hey, don't forget, you need to be a part of the team and do these things. As far as getting ahead on other people using the language, I've actually had a couple managers really change how they're doing their recruiting process. They struggle with recruiting because it's such specific niche roles for an industry like ours, or we lose out on great candidates to bigger companies. And so the manager has totally rethought how she's hiring. And it really started with vision, mission, values. She's building the interview process and she's looking at different candidates. She's changing the job titles. And it's all so that it integrates with who the company is and who the company wants to be. And I just thought that was so neat to see how her recruiting process has changed. So it sounds like what you're saying is you really have to try to meet people where they are and find ways to help them adopt the mission, vision, values in a way that works for them. But again, it's important to remember that people never adopt change at the same pace. So it's great that you're identifying these early adopters, learning what they're doing, and then finding ways to keep integrating that throughout the business. So kind of exciting for us, like, you know, when you're talking about you find people where they are, but at the same time, sometimes it's like you're pushed off the deep end, sink or swim. And so we have a being pushed off a deep end thing happening also at Arborware right now. So we're moving our headquarters. We've been in the same building for just over eight years. And when they moved into it, of course, it was the biggest building. They couldn't imagine how they were going to fill the space. And now we're bursting out of it and we have offsite inventory. And so we're moving from 20,000 square feet to 100,000 square feet this summer. And so doing something like that with this true north that we have with our vision statement and with our mission statement, I'm really glad that we're going to have a year of having this whole thing rolled out because as we physically move and as we, you know, take things off one wall and put things up on new walls, you know, we're really going to make sure that we're honing our focus on vision, mission values. We have to change because we're physically changing and we're physically growing. Congratulations, Heidi. That is very exciting. And you know, there is something about feeling grounded by a strong mission, vision, values, and having that definition to lean back on when you're making such a big change and growing so quickly. But it definitely sounds like having that firmly in place is going to be a great asset for you guys as you make the switch. So thank you so much. This was so much fun. And we are so glad you could join us today on the Corporate Purpose Podcast. It's Karen. I wanted to jump back on here and touch on just a couple of the great points Heidi shared about her rollout. First, narrow down. I love that Heidi explained the process as continuing to narrow in on that mission, vision, values work and to really get it as tight as she possibly could. The more specific you can get with your mission or purpose, definitely the more effective it will be later on. Another great point Heidi made was about chunking her launch down into phases and that being a really important key learning. 
I think there's certainly this light switch mentality where we feel like by a certain day, everything has to be changed and updated with our new mission, vision, values and our new purpose statement. But that can be really overwhelming for the team doing the launch as well as the employees or customers on the other end. So it might be helpful to think about the rollout in a series of stages. And the third thing, I really liked how the team developed triggers to alert them if momentum is starting to shift. I think this builds some accountability into the program, and it's certainly a great way to gauge what is working. So setting milestones and creating triggers when engagement dips are certainly a great way to keep an initiative like this going. So a huge thank you again to our guest, Heidi Baumgart. You can learn more about Arborware and find the company's new mission, vision, values at arborware.com about, or you'll find the link in our show notes. Thanks again. You just finished an episode of the Corporate Purpose Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and found some key takeaways you can use right now to grow your business on purpose. And stick around for future episodes where we discuss hiring the right people, building an ESG program, and what Gen Z really thinks about purpose. If you like this episode, then hit subscribe or consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Corporate Purpose Podcast.